Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Lee and Jack from Scout7, a UK company that provides software and systems for scouting and recruitment for football clubs around the world. They tell us how the company began and how technology, data, and analytics are used at the cutting edge pro sport recruitment. For more information, check out the website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me today is a few folks from Scout7, a UK-based sports technology company. We have Lee and Jack. So um, before we begin, can you guys just tell us about a little bit about yourselves and, and how you got involved with Scout, and then we can kind of get into to what you guys do? Thanks, Mike. Um I'm Lee Jamieson, Managing Director of, of Scout7. Uh, we founded the company in 2001 uh, at the end of the, the dot-com boom. Uh, and our business is the provision of online systems for professional football clubs and national associations uh, for the management, typically for the management of their, their scouting and recruitment processes. And um, I'm Jack. I joined the company about five and a half years ago now. I had previously worked for another uh, online uh, football database provider and also done a bit of scouting in my time a um, couple of part-time roles with some clubs previously to joining Scout7 um, my role really is based around um, product feedback from our client clubs and, and putting that into place in terms of what we present through our online solution um, and, uh, and and what functions we put in place on our systems for clubs to use to manage their uh, recruitment information Great. So for those in our audience who may not be familiar as much with kind of the scouting process with football clubs, can you just walk us through how you would typically interact with a, a club or a team? Okay. Um, each each club has their own online environment, um, which effectively is centered around a, a global football database. Uh, we, we've developed over the years what is now certainly the biggest uh, live uh, player database in, in the sport, um, and around that database, we build the club's uh, workflow. So that may typically be, at its most basic level, its most simple level, player report templates, uh, opposition report templates, which scouts effectively would would complete. Uh, you know, at the end of every game, um, that information then is held within the club system, and and the workflow from that would derive into shortlisting, various elements of shortlisting, recommendation, due diligence, which the chief scouts typically, and I'm talking about a typical football model here where you've got a scout and a chief scout, uh, but, but the, the due diligence uh, of those players that are being monitored by the club with a view to um, you know, essentially making acquisitions and making decisions on which players to bring in from transfer window to transfer window. One of the things that's interesting kind of with the evolution of, of new technology and, and kind of bringing databases and all this digital information to, to teams, how have these teams kind of taken on that? Are there teams that are are more resident to change or kind of really adopting this whole kind of give me as much information as I can? It's a really interesting question, Mike, because every club is different. You know, the challenge we, we have, I mean, we, we deal with 18 of the 20 Premier League clubs, uh, the majority of clubs in the, in the German Bundesliga, uh, most of the clubs in League One in France and, and the Eredivisie in, in, in Holland and um, eight out of, of the, the 20 clubs in, in La Liga in Spain. So we, we deal with a, a good core of clubs, uh, about 120 in total, but certainly those are our five key markets. 
And every single one of those clubs is different. Uh, and that's a challenge for us. They've got different structures. They've got different philosophies for scouting. They've got different processes. There's different personnel. Some are very analytically uh, biased. Others are traditional scouts. And, and, and there's a mix of everything in between. So as a business, one of our biggest challenges, uh, and our systems are flexible enough to, to, to reflect those those different workflows, um, some of which are really scientific, some of which aren't. Um, I, I guess the, the, the biggest evolution in our industry in the last three, four years has been the onset of greater sets of data, analytical data, and also the introduction of video. Online video now is, is a key component within the scouting and recruitment process. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the company formed and kind of that whole evolution back uh, in the early 2000s? I used to work um, in insurance, you know, in the insurance industry, and I mean, completely different from what we do now. But I was in a, a sales and marketing environment, and at the end of, you know, in, in 1999, 2000, 2001, the internet was beginning to make a massive change to how information was was uh, was distributed, uh, managed, and distributed. And and it was the end of the dot com boom. We had an idea, um, approached a, a venture capitalist with the idea. Uh, and luckily, you know, good luck and good judgment, you end up in a, a good position. We, we signed our first club in April 2001, which was West Bromwich Albion, who, you know, certainly are one of the, one of the clubs that I think most people in football recognize as, as being a club that, that do operate very efficiently and punch above their weight. And they were our first clients. And then we were within a, within uh, two or three months of that time in the, you know, in the summer of 2001, we were introduced to Aston Villa. Liverpool and Manchester United, and they became our first four clients. Um, and, and you know, the rest, as I say, is history. You know, we've we've had a, uh, you know, we've been you know very successful in what we do, and and we've evolved into do a lot more. You know, we do a lot more now than provide just scouting and recruitment systems. Although it does remain our, our core core business, um, we're employing about thirty staff around the world. Um, and, and you know, I guess if there was a simplistic way to describe what the company does, I mean, it's almost like an online version of the football manager game. You know, in, in many respects, that what that's what it is, with all of the video and all of the the data um, components being part of that. Do you guys see this being used, or kind of filtering down? It may already be used in kind of lower levels of, of football, not just kind of the elite level, like as as kind of smaller kind of clubs trying to take this on and, and try to get more efficient in, in how they're managing their players and, and data. Yeah, um there's there's a couple of um there's a couple of things that we provide for clubs with sort of lower level budgets, for example. So if you take lower level professional clubs, um we have the ability to supplement their scouting and recruitment work with um with our own scouts that we employ on a part time basis. So we've got out of work coaches um, who are PFCA members, which is the, the English coaching association, um, members who work for us over weekend doing opposition assessments, individual player assessments on behalf of clubs whose, whose, um, reach and whose, uh, resource doesn't stretch beyond usually one or two guys. So we can supplement what guys do in that respect. Further to that, there's, um, we have a, a training ground product, we call it Scout Seven Training Ground, which, was designed basically um, originally for academy recruitment, whereby players aren't covered by our global database because they uh, the information isn't publicly available on on you know youth football, for example, below certain ages. Um, we have a blank database that clubs can use to supplement what they do, and again, that can range from 
scouting for players, let's say, at a US college level. So, for example, a UCLA or a Wake Forest could use this in terms of their recruitment for um, upcoming years uh, and recruitment of youth players in the States. Alternatively, this can be used by academies in England or, or professional clubs across the world or smaller clubs who, uh, who are looking at a level which our database doesn't quite reach, for example. Okay, so with that, you kind of raised an interesting point about the, the kind of scouts and, and scouting that you employ. How do you kind of manage the data in terms of getting consistent feedback or kind of input so that the, the coaches or whoever's making the decision on the team base can, can really analyze the data effectively? A couple of ways. I mean, for example, what, what we'll do is if we're doing work on behalf of a particular club, the club will provide us with the template that they want us to fill in. So the scouts are guided in terms of the information that they're requested to to fill in so that everything is relevant to the club that we're giving the report for. Um, alternatively, I mean... I, I guess I, I guess it's uh, the, the processes within each club. I mean, are, are you talking, Mike, about specifically about the, the the generic data that's in our systems, and how do we how do we quality control that, or are you talking about the actual use of the systems and the data that goes in through the clubs? Yeah, maybe just the first one. Can you just talk about kind of what are the things you're looking for in your systems? Okay. Like, what are yeah. you putting in to? Um, when you evaluate players. Okay, there's three there's three types of information. Uh, you know, generally speaking, there's three types of information in the systems. The first is the client data, uh, and that can vary from client to client. Some are very sophisticated and analytical, and, and work on percentages of, of ratings of players, and there's lots of text. And other clubs are very simple, you know, a lot more um, simplistic in their approach where they're just ticking boxes relevant to what they believe a player's abilities perhaps. So there's client data, um, which is, I guess, the first component. And that's, that's, that's a huge part of our, our, our organization with the, with the clients that we work with, particularly at the top end of, of the, of the football pyramid. You've got Manchester City, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and, and clubs of that ilk that, that, that are, that are working with us. The second type of data is the generic football data, which is team sheet driven, if you like. So if there's a, an under 17 international game, Croatia are playing Italy, some of those players for the first time will appear on the, on the, the football radar, as it were, and they go in for the first time into our central database. That database effectively is fed then into every single club system. So that, so there's a, there's a generic, uh, team sheet level of data that we provide into the systems and 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 the the due diligence on that is is, is pretty simple process really there are lots of companies that provide that type of information um and it's it's quite simple to to, to manage and to and, and to, to to check as it were you've then got a further level of data which is the is the opta type data where you you're actually looking at events in a match so how many tackles how many passes you know individual tackles individual passes that are referenced on video so you can very so the user can very quickly look at all of the the corners from the left, for example, that 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 um, a particular team team did over a, a period of games. So there's different types of data, and again, those data companies like us as a data company uh, are, are quite sophisticated. They've been doing it for many many years now. Um, so so the processes for 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 the due diligence and checking that information out is is quite mature. Really, it's quite a mature market for the for, for the data. Uh, bearing in mind that the media industry, the betting industry, has been taking this data for five, maybe ten years now. So it is quite a mature process. That's great. So in terms of um, kind of working with different teams, 
who would be the person that you interact close, most closely with in kind of the team structure of, of working with uh, someone in the Premier League or Bundesliga or something like that? Um, it depends. It depends based on, again, the level and it depends based on the country. If you take most clubs on the continent, so Germany or France, Spain, um, Holland, it tends to be generally with a sporting director. So somebody who sits above the head coach within the club who ultimately makes the decisions on purchases of players and so on. In England, it's slightly different. We're, the, 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 the game over here is moving towards that sort of um, structure more and more, but it still tends to be a chief scout. So the chief scout is usually employed by the manager. And between them, they're the guys that make the decisions on the player. So slightly different models dependent on the country that we work in, really. Jack's spot on with that. I mean, it is, it's night and day in some cases when you, when you look at European clubs and their structure and the stability of their structure. And it's something only now that in, in, in we're seeing more and more in England. Uh, I mentioned West Bromwich Albion earlier in the, in the, in the discussion. You, you know, there's a club that, that appointed a sport direct, sports director seven, eight years ago now. And they've had that model ever since. And, and there's a level of stability there that, that other clubs uh, you, you, uh, in the Premier League uh, and the Championship, to be fair, they're now beginning to follow. From your guys' perspective, what's going to be? What are some of the trends with this sort of scouting and data going towards the future? What are you guys looking at to um, kind of stay on top of things? It, it, it's it's interesting, um, and we we have a debate about this in the office regularly because our clients are at different levels of of advancement, if I can call it that. Um, Obviously, the Moneyball thing came along. You know, the Moneyball book was 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 a big um, a big buzzword within football, certainly over the last two, three, four years, maybe. Um, and a lot of the, the the high end clubs with the resources invested a lot in uh, in analytical staff, professional analytical staff, and statisticians. And and a number of clubs now, you know, do employ you know professional statisticians to analyse all of this data and to look for specific algorithms if you like for particular parts of uh, you know positions of play and and you know what is the ideal profile of a left back based upon statistics you know that type of thing there's been a discussion on that now for three four years what i feel and uh, you know this is just my opinion formed from from dealing with the clubs that we deal with is that it's all about balance you know the statistics like that are important but they don't belong in the middle of the scouting office if you like as i, as I would put it they belong in the corner of the room you know, the, the beauty of football is that the judgment of a player is, is, is typically led by a subjective opinion. You know, what's the player's demeanour? What's his technical ability? You know, what's his attitude on the pitch? It's all those things that, that really you can't see in a spreadsheet. You can't see them in a database. And that really, for me, is what drives the game. And I would suggest that the most advanced clubs have been down this heavy analytical road you know, to a point where the, the the scouts have even been sidelined to a point. They've been down that road. They've realised, hang on a minute, this Moneyball simply doesn't work in football in the way that it's being portrayed. You know, football's far too a dynamic a game to, to, to be able to make that type of judgment. You know, but the statistics that a nil-nil game will throw out with the same two teams that a one-nil game will throw out or a nil-one game will throw out, it's a completely different. You know, the game is, is an individual entity dependent upon the score. Uh, it depends upon the goals and when they're scored during that game. So it, it, in some ways, it's been a red herring for a few years. But clubs have gone down that line and they, analysts are still important and data and statistics are still important. But the leading edge clubs have actually reined in the an analysis a little bit and they've actually gone back to a, a more subjective 
model where they're maybe looking at subjective scouting, but they're putting ranking, they're, they're, they're putting numbers into those scouting reports. So it's almost a statistical model based upon subjective scouting rather than based upon events, if you know what I mean. That's it. So, so the leading edge clubs have gone back towards a more traditional scouting model supported by the statistics rather than driven by them. Is that, is that a fair comment, Jeff? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think in terms of how that affects us and how we work, what I've noticed really, again, over that sort of three or four year period is not only as books like Moneyball and the numbers game and things like that driven people to look at what, what statistics and things might or might not be important. It's also driven them to take a look at their overall scouting environment and, and their, their departmental structure and, and what that's led to for those who've come out the other side uh, is a, as a greater diversification of, of how recruitment departments are run at different clubs. And the challenge then for us is to make sure that we manage clients more on an individual basis now rather than maybe five years ago where we could pretty much put an off-the-shelf product out and everybody would use it in largely the same way. I, I just add on to that. I mean, it's, you can tell, Mike, it's a big subject. You know, this is, this is really the, the, you know, the, the, the way the market's evolving is obviously the crux of our, of our business. And we're, we're undertaking a project, uh, now at the moment, which will hopefully come to fruition in the, in the summer, uh, summer 2014, uh, later this year, which is, it's a big data project and it's the biggest data project in football, uh, based upon the generic elements of football data which I spoke about earlier uh, from the team sheet through to the events on the pitch and linking that into video which is important and then cross-referencing that with the club zone data the club zone opinion the club zone information uh, and sometimes the club zone video you know clubs within our systems they'll upload their videos from academies into their own environment that they can analyze and you know use as a coaching tool in many respects so, so we're, we're undertaking this big data project, um, which, which really will, will take us and our clients, you know, in, into, into the, you know, well, well ahead of, of any, any other analytical, um, uh, component that, that, that's out there. And that's being driven by clubs, just a final point. That's, but that's the clubs talking to us yeah. saying we want to go, you know, stating we need to go down this road now. We need to do this. We need to do, you know, we need to take this analytical discussion on a, on, on a further level. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, a, it's a huge topic in the fact that I don't think most of the clubs that you guys work with, if you, if you think back 10, 15 years ago before kind of this whole data push was, was involved, they can't even imagine how they did things at this point. So kind of going back to that old fashion, I think we've kind of reached beyond that and it's going to be even more exciting to see what you guys can do with the, the big data push and how all of this kind of comes together and, and telling um, and advising teams on on kind of where to go next. So if people want to find out more information or keep up to date on, on what you guys are doing, where would you point them? Well, cer certainly look at the, you know, the website. I mean, we're actually, we're actually, re we're updating the website again over the next few months. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's certainly got a, a lot of information on our business in there and, uh, and, and we do keep it up to date, but certainly scout7.com. Um, and if anybody's, you know, wants to, wants to speak to us anytime, drop an email to info at scout7.com and, you know, we're more than happy to, to try to accommodate any questions that, 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 that listeners have got, uh, as best as we can. Great. So thank you guys for your time. It was really insightful conversation. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. And that was the episode. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Jack. And thanks listeners for listening. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Thanks. Bye.